You and the, again, you are now the boutique shop of hip hop. You know that, right? <laughs> like, again, you are I like, am, man. And you I'm are old. legitimately, I, I almost want to say you are legitimately like one or two V like oat milk lattes away from being that classic hip hop hipster. Seriously. I mean, that's not a good thing. That's not a compliment. Yeah, no, it's not. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Well, I thought we were going to start off the show today by talking about the Milwaukee Bucks decision to sit out game five against the Magic last night. Wait, we're, we're not? happened. After that, no, we're not, nada. And yeah, allow allow me to tell you how we're going to do this show. Yes, that doesn't look bad on the podcast whatsoever. You're gonna be fine, Walker. I'm not gonna get too offended at this at this point. Well, are the, the real question that I have for you is are you offended that your voice was used in a Malik Monk hype video and then tweeted at Malik Monk where you a noted Malik Monk fanboy, a part of the club where me and you are raising our hands as high as we can in the air. It's actually directed at him some points of criticism that you have. You know, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Um, I said I just wanted to see more. Yeah. I literally just wanted to see more. Yeah. Am I wrong for being greedy? If Again, if being greedy is wrong in this case, I don't want to be right. It's really a compliment when you think about it. Yeah, exactly. You want to see more of Malik Monk. I think more yeah. of anybody, if they say they want to see more of you, that's a compliment. Yes. If you were to say, Walker, I want more Walker Mail in my life, thank you. I'll try to give you no, as no, much no, Walker no, Mail no, in no, your no, life no, as no, you no, need. No, 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 no. If I ever say that, you know, you just know I'll bump my head and go crazy. And I think you feel that. You might not admit it on the mic, but oh, I do oh, think no. you feel that. No. Anyways, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods and follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. Nada is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. Nada, you texted me last night. And you said we're basically going to be doing the show as if it were a Dave Chappelle skit. Yeah, this is another one of those Ask a Negro segments. Uh, again, shows that we end up doing that end up. We try not to make them after school specials and we try to make them as interesting and as fun and as lighthearted as we possibly can, because a lot of this is just so, so, so damn stupid. Um, well, it's definitely tiresome and it's definitely not only me not it's it's I'm not fatigued because I have to continue to talk about it or I feel an obligation because I do have an obligation to talk about it. But it's also tiring to see this continue to go on. That's yeah. the real tiring thing. That's not it's not fatigue as in talking about it. It's in it's fatigue as in seeing what happens to Jacob Blake because what you see is Dominique Foxworth's comments about how he isn't surprised. That's the thing. Yeah. Like you you see it in 
I even felt this to some degree when I saw George Floyd as horrific as that video is. And it's crazy tough to watch. Mm -hmm. I I saw that already with Walter Scott. You know, I saw that already with Philando Castile and we're, we see it again, even with the emphasis that has been put on after the George Floyd murder. Apparently that hit home in a way that it didn't for a lot of other people that didn't get the message still because people were cooped up quite honestly. Well, and still people apparently don't get the message because it continues to happen. And then we have this horrific video once again of Jacob Blake getting shot in the back seven times. Of course, it's in front of his children, which adds that element to the video, which is not something that we've seen too much where we've seen all of the different elements of grief that we can check off the boxes. Well, there's just another one you can. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of it is extremely frustrating. So here we are talking about the response of everyone to Jacob Blake's shooting, the attempted murder that was put on, of course, by cops, because that's what we are talking about for the last three months, police brutality as it affects black America. Milwaukee, Toronto, a couple of teams that were very yeah, vocal leading Boston. up to last night. Let's talk about how we led up to last yeah, let, night. Let's, 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 let's talk about how we got here. Let's, let's rewind, because again, we haven't hit the record scratch and explain. <laughs> we're, you're wondering how we found ourselves in these positions right now. So you had players very conflicted before they even got to the bubble because of George Floyd's murder. And what can we do to continue to keep the focus on black lives matter and police brutality, asking cops to stop killing black people Mm -hmm. and Kyrie Irving comes out and says that they shouldn't play. Avery Bradley actually decides not to partake in the bubble for family reasons as well, but that was one of the things that he also was vocal about. I don't know if this is the best thing to do. There are plenty of players that were discussing this. Okay, so we're in the bubble. We get playoff playoff games going, and then we fast forward to, let's just say, at the beginning of the week. Let's go with Monday. You have Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, some member Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, George Hill. So, you know, some people that are discussing how conflicted they are because Pascal Siakam, I believe had a quote. It's just him questioning whether he should be here or not. George Hill actively put, he puts it out there as much as mm-hmm. anybody. He doesn't know if he should be here. Are we taking away the Jalen Brown again? Yes. Tweeting. I want to protest yeah, right now. Right. So you have a lot of different players where even Fred Van Vliet says the focus is not on the Boston Celtics at the moment. The focus, it's on more important issues such as police brutality affecting black America. And now, of course, what you see is we can flash forward to what happened right before game five between the Bucks Mm -hmm. and the Magic. And it had been a discussion leading up and we had no clue what was going to happen. We thought we were going to get a game. I think most people would have bet money that we were going to have game five happen, at least by the reaction yeah. on my timeline. Now, now here's the other thing, because I think we need to peel back the curtain a little bit on this, Walker, is that, remember, me and you almost discussed this same topic yesterday. Yeah. And we decided to leave it on the table because we were like, you know what? We want this to be the fun show because we didn't want this to be an after school special because th- we didn't want this to be tiresome. Well, and not a, as a black man, you get to make that call more than me. And you didn't want to talk about that. And so I respected the hell out of it. And so and I'm, I'm game to talk about it anytime. In yeah. fact, had it not been you on the show, I would have. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have talked about it. But this is something, this is the way that you decided to not discuss it. And so here we are today, probably a little bit more prominent of a discussion right now because of the historic day that we saw. So anyways, we get there and the Milwaukee Bucks never show up on the court. Yep. And 
what it looks like, Nada, is they had all been talking about this. It was kind of ramping it up. This conversation was getting gas. They were putting gas on it, mm-hmm. putting gas on it. And all of a sudden, it seems like in pregame, they decided to pull the trigger on this where they weren't going to go out on the court. And it kind of all took place it kind of got set in concrete in pregame where the orlando magic players are out there shooting basketball exactly they're they're warming up they're preparing they're thinking this game is going on there's no communication and i want this uh, again of all the themes from this episode we want you to take away that there was absolutely no communication this was a spark that set a fire for tonight so like you said the Orlando Magic don't have any idea that the Bucks are about to forfeit this game, mm-hmm. or at least not participate. And then it gets crazier because the Orlando Magic, if I'm not mistaken, with like three minutes left in the in uh to for the warm-up clock, they get off the floor because they figure out yeah. what's going on. So as it unfolds from there, it gets wild. And it's just sheer chaos from everything mm-hmm. that is being reported because we're all running around like crazy people trying to figure out, okay, what's next? This is this is unusual. There's a game schedule. Mm-hmm. What's next? The Bucks aren't out there on the court. And the Magic eventually leave the court. Then the refs leave the court. Yep. And then you have the staff members of the Bucks starting to pack the equipment up and put it back on the buses to go back to the hotels. And the Bucks are in the locker room still with the door shut. Media has live video of a closed door of the Milwaukee Bucks locker room and, and just pictures saying, Hey, they're in there. So what it was, what was happening is while the Milwaukee Bucks were scheduled to have played a game five against Orlando, instead they were on the phone with Wisconsin, with Wisconsin legislature trying to change something. And this is where I want to take a break real quick. Not because here's what I, Here's what I absolutely hated hearing, even the couple of days leading up to the Bucks actually mm-hmm. doing this. People were trying to come forth with bad faith arguments about what does this really change? And th- th- the people that had bad faith arguments, I'm really specifically speaking to, because they would try to say, well, what does this change? What is their angle? Well, not it's me. What this did was it was a first big domino. I won't minimize this by saying it was a little domino. This was a big damn deal. Yeah. And they decided not to play. And then what happened was no NBA playoff games were played. And then damn baseball, where no black people play anymore. (laughs) Baseball decides that they aren't going to play. Baseball, MLS, all of this, all of it stopped for the most part. And granted, there were some baseball games that decided to play and hang their black players out out to dry. Hello, St. Louis Cardinals and Chicago Cubs. <laughs> Thank you for staying on brand, by the way. So we get this decision from the Bucks, and people are trying to say, well, what does this really prove? What is this going to stop? It's not going to stop police brutality tomorrow. Yeah, but you know what? It provided the focus solely on police brutality and how black people are treated in America. And you know what, man? I'm all here for that. That was awesome to me, Nada. And I know you're one, not in bad faith, to discuss exactly whether this was the right decision for the Bucks and then players that would follow. If this was the right decision, you were openly contemplating what is the right decision. And I get all of that. But what I didn't want was white people coming at me with all of these things. Well, what is it going to fix? We just, just just play basketball. Entertain me. I'm here to be entertained. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, you know what? You're trying to talk about how police brutality is not going to be fixed. One, you don't care about it anyway. Exactly. And also, what 
what you had to do, let's just say that for some reason you stayed, you stayed tuned into TNT, then you heard Chris Webber give you that awesome speech yesterday. Well, we're going to have to lay off the Chris Webber jokes for a while. Yo, for real. That was the thing. Like, and here's the thing that I would really point out to you, and I want to let you guys in on a little secret. You too, Walker. It kind of didn't matter whether this accomplished a point or not. You had black players who felt like their mm-hmm. presence was actively hurting and actively becoming a distraction. Whether you agree with that or not, they felt like they were a distraction. They're the ones that have to carry the weight of being these visible, highly visible black players that are unfortunately are burdened with fixing 400 years of American fabric racism, quite honestly. Well, and then what happens is you have white people deciding that this isn't going to fix anything. Nope. When these are also the same people that are saying, well, protest, but do it peacefully. And then when you do it, oh, well, it's not going to fix anything. Why are you doing this? So then what people are doing is you're putting the responsibility and the onus on black people and black players, and then you're saying it's good for nothing, even though they're taking it and doing as much of a job as they possibly can in a way that they don't need to. It doesn't have to be the people that are getting oppressed where the responsibility falls on. The responsibility falls on On the oppressor. On the oppressor. And so... (laughs) White people have done an incredible job of putting the responsibility on the black people and then saying it doesn't mean anything when they take that responsibility. It's a great job of moving the goalposts. It's a great job of moving the goalposts. And it was like one of the most frustrating things. And I put a little thread out on Twitter last night and just saying it is I wish I could explain how functionally exhausting it is to be a black man in America at this point in time, especially since every single day since George George Floyd, I, there is a hyper awareness of sorts that, hey, I am indeed black. Hey, I am indeed, again, the burdens of society, the burdens of being black, the burdens of not having the benefit of the doubt. It, I'm fatigued right now. It's why when I say when I tweet out, yo, this might be the last time we have these racial discussions for 2020. I'm really not kidding. I'm exhausted. I'm friggin' tired of explaining it. I'm fig- I'm tired. Again, me and you have conversations all the time. What do I always tell you? I'm tired. Yeah. And what's incredibly frustrating as well is when you have people also saying that this is all just virtue signaling and they don't truly care. And they're going to watch that Doc Rivers video and say that he doesn't truly care. They're going to hear all the reports about the heated arguments that people are having, black players are having as to how in the hell you move forward and act like they don't care. This is all just for something to do because of whatever reason, but not that they actually do care. And it's incredibly frustrating. What happens is, no, it's just you that doesn't care. And it continues to be evident. It's the white people. It's people that just, it, it's it's the white people that continue not to care. And that's what we're talking about, Nato. Like, I think as a white person myself, mm-hmm. I get tired of it too. And then you have to feel conflicted because, well, here I am, I'm tired. I'm fatigued about all of this. I I hurt. Mm -hmm. I am absolutely empathetic to all of this. I legitimately hurt seeing this constantly. And then you feel conflicted, but because then it's, wait, I can't feel hurt or that 
truly disgusted because think about what the black people are thinking at this point, watching every watching yeah. their people get killed, but also not. I arrive at the point of, but that's what it takes, right? Like it, it takes white people to feel that same pain, to get it and then to cause some change. And so many people, so many white people don't get it. And therefore we see a Jacob Blake attempted murder only a few months after we see the kind of murder of George, George Floyd. Floyd. And the thing I think people need to recognize, and I know it's been brought up a lot, but I don't think it's emphasized nearly enough. We're talking about a Milwaukee Bucks team for that, for the most part, saw what ha- like saw systemic racism happen to their teammate John Henson in 2015. Yeah, and basically they closed the store on him, just trying to get jewelry because again they thought he was somebody uh, he wasn't an NBA player. They thought they just saw the black skin on his face. Thought you know what he's not even worth doing that. He's not even worth selling jewelry to. Then you. Fast forward it two years and Sterling Brown, we're again in a position similar to George Floyd with a cop with a Milwaukee PD's got thrown to the ground again, thrown to the ground, knee in the neck. And then to have the cop brag about it on Facebook and still keep his job, if I'm not mistaken. We're talking about a team that's got to deal, deal with that and then deal with Jacob Lake and all of that happening 30 miles, again, I'm sorry, 30 minutes away from where they live. Yeah, time restraints go out the window when we have these discussions, so forgive me on the sponsors and we will continue to recognize them as we go forward. But before we do so, the Milwaukee Bucks are an incredible, it's, and it's an incredible roster makeup mm-hmm. for this type of cause. Yes, it is. Look at everybody there. You mentioned John Henson, who was publicly affected by this. Yep. I remember when the story dropped that you just mentioned with the jewelry. Sterling Brown, thrown to the ground by police officers in an unjust way. They tried to throw him $400,000 to keep quiet, and he said, no, you can't just give me four hundred k and expect me to not point out all the unjust things that happened to me and other black people in America. So, boom, you have those two people where public incidents happened. Then, not to think about the other people on that roster. George Hill, who is about that life as much as anybody, mm-hmm. speaking and is as vocal as anyone who was one of the people that was openly conflicted about going to the bubble right from the beginning and if we're and if we're honest the guy that kicked all this off yeah well i mean damn he was right at the forefront of it you're right about that no he was the guy yeah there are reports he was the guy there you go you have a guy like Giannis, who apparently was also a leader in this and you have if you need the star certainly you have one in Giannis two-time MVP after he wins it this year, defensive player of the year. So you have the star. You have the veterans that have been in this league for a while. Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is there, but also my uh, Marvin Williams is on that damn team. And as Hornets fans, we know any leadership group that I have, I want Marvin Williams a part of that leadership Bingo. group. And then you have Kyle Korver, who has been one of the most vocal white voices in the NBA, where he drops an article on the Players' Tribune titled privilege you know <laughs> yeah. so, so think about that incredible roster makeup if it's not the bucks then i wonder if this happens not to say this is the, another thing too plenty of black players in the nba have been affected by this we're mm-hmm. just going with john henson and sterling brown who have been publicly affected by this and even here recently within the last couple of years but even jameer nelson comes out with a tweet discussing how we like to stop crime he was stopped by a cop when he was driving in his car and he says the quote will always stick with him and he said the cop said quote we like to stop crime before it happens 
And of course, it's just Jameer Nelson driving in his car. So that wasn't publicized at the time, but it happens to black people all the time. And yet here it is with the Bucks starting this. I just thought that roster makeup was incredible in all of it. No, it's it's absolutely incredible. It's the right type of firebrand. It's the right type of way to where this is going to kick off like this to where you have CP3 and James Harden and all those guys from Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder like, yo, y'all ain't playing? We aren't either. Yeah. To where LeBron, Kawhi, all them, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, let's get that in the second segment. We will get that in the second segment, but where it kicked off the fire to where it is. And you talk about players talking about their, their encounters with police. And I think about what what Vince Carter said yesterday, legitimately, where he's like, I carry my ID of every time I go take the garbage out because I'm afraid of being profiled and no one believing that I'm actually Vince Carter. And we're talking about one of the most visible black men in America. Mm-hmm. You have Mo Harkless talking about, again, tweeting out literally a notes app of his encounters with the cops and he didn't do anything wrong. This happens a lot more than I think people want to talk about it. And it's like, we're going to have to be, we're going to have to have some honesty with ourselves. We're going to have to have a frank, uncomfortable conversation, even if it is the last one. Like I keep trying to, (laughs) even if it is the last one, I don't believe us. I don't believe us. Oh no, I'm calling out black next time. All right. Well, then. It's Walker Bale and not Edwards here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And we want to thank our sponsors and we appreciate them for joining us here and being a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, kind of like what airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So the question you should be asking yourself is why should you spend up to twice as much for the same part? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you it's an amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com plenty more to discuss here in the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets develop winning habits you know what winning habits are scoring things in the box score that's what winning habits are you compete rebounds when you, assists. yeah when you compete points. you get rebounds when you compete you get assist when you compete you score points it's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> hey, you want gotcha. me back on the show, baby. I got baby. you, Doug. You want me back you, on the show. This is me. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It was really hard last night to make everything makes sense because of the different reports that we were getting from our most credible NBA reporters. So that was wild. It was last wild night. last night. So we're getting slightly different information from Sham Sharania, mm-hmm. from Adrian Wojnarowski mm-hmm. to Chris Haynes. So if you were to even construct a Mount Rushmore of current NBA reporters, I imagine it would be those three. Those on that three. List. And then I would throw in David Aldridge who likes to sneak like, and again, this is just David Aldridge 
on the cool. Well, because, and he's an OG. Yeah, exactly. He's, a, he's an OG, and he will sprinkle stuff in when you don't really expect it to put it that all is together. True. <laughs> because he was the first guy that said this was cha- this p- players meeting last night was chaos. Mm-hmm. And it turned out he was right the whole time. Mark Spears was reporting a lot on this too. Yes, he was. And he actually had quite a bit of sources that seemed to be players that yeah. were talking to him. Um, and Chris Haynes is as tapped in with anybody. I mean, the, the players one because Chris Haynes looks like those guys, and mm-hmm. and it's something where players have felt comfortable with his rise in the game. And so Chris Haynes was giving us a lot of player sources too. Um, but it was different information that we were getting. Not as we so were. Let's get Confli- to conflicting information. Yeah. yeah Let's get to Chris Haynes' tweet from last night. As the meeting was going on between all of the players in the bubble, he said, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Clippers have voted to boycott the rest of the playoffs and were the first two teams to exit the meeting. But then Woj came back and he said, when they talked about possibly ending the playoffs and going home, it was really more of a polling that took place. This is not verbatim, just based on what the tweet was. It was ma- basically more we, of we a are summarizing. We yes. are not being again. We are we are trying to sum this up to for the interest of brevity right now. So so Woj was actually somewhat contradicting that to the point where it wasn't as in cement as what maybe Chris Haynes was making it seem like. And then so we got those two tweets, and then we get a tweet from Terrence Mann, who is on the Clippers roster. He puts out a hat emoji. saying all uh, all cap thank you all cap thank you for being the translator you're very very welcome so yeah he puts that emoji and says put down your phones basically saying don't trust your phones right now with everything you're hearing and so we didn't know what to make we didn't know what to make of everything nada because it did get heated and apparently there were a lot of players that were mad at the milwaukee bucks for doing what they did without consulting everybody else in the league and then jalen brown uh, I think 23 years old. Yep. Incredible human being. Jalen Brown has always shown himself to be before the emphasis on black lives matter and now after, but Jalen Brown comes out and says, wait, no, we're not about to bang on the Milwaukee bucks for doing what they did. They could have done anything they wanted to. And if this is what they decided, then who are we to tell them no on this? And so you had all of these discussions going on with this players meeting. Now, what did you make of what seemed to be chaos as far as legitimate, right? Like credible sources, Really, everybody you go to when you need the most credible sources, even they were a little bit conflicting in all the chaos that we got. The What I got from that players meeting is uh, two things. One, you were never going to have a solid plan on what to do in two and a half hours, especially when they basically, I'm not saying the Bucks use the nuclear option, but I would say it's awfully close. You were never going to get a consensus among almost 200 players, coaches, staff, yada, 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 especially when potentially leaving the bubble and potentially foregoing the season is going to cause financial chaos. Because we got to remember that if they leave this bubble, you're probably looking at a billion-dollar loss for the league. And you know who ends up eating that billion-dollar loss at the end of the day? The players in the next negotiation. This is a lot more complicated and a lot more nuanced than anybody ever really gives it credit for because again it's not my money it's not your money we get paid for this but we don't get this we don't see the revenues like that our revenue is trickled down they're the ones that have to worry about hey i'm the entire economy for my entire family guys i can't be out here making decisions all willy-nilly and that's why people got upset and i completely understand why yeah well, yeah, and no, I, I understand that. No, I completely understand that point. And now what's going to be interesting is 
the future ramifications from all of this too. Now yeah. the NBA, the players, it's since been reported. Actually, it was really reported about 15, 20 minutes before we, we started recording record yeah. this, that the NBA players are going to resume the playoffs. And so I guess that is something that helps the future negotiations as far as how that might look, maybe not to a hundred percent degree, but if the players would have decided to up, just stop playing basketball this season. Oh no, CBA is toast. Yeah. CBA is toast. And I, I, we had Bobby Marks on the wake up call this morning, of course, because live radio is live radio. The phone connection was awful right when we were getting to the meat of what the future ramifications were. I wanted to throw the telephone out of the window. Yeah. I I, I don't blame you because I would have been so mad because I want it because there's nobody better at talking NBA money than Bobby Marks and just the overall policy because he was in the front office with the nets. I mean, he's as tapped in as anyone. So anyways, I asked him if they would have stopped playing, then what could we see going forward? He said, well, I don't know when they play basketball again. Who knows? I mean, there, there was just no answer. Maybe we're not talking about till late into 2021. Who knows? I don't, again, that early? Yeah. Because I think if they had stopped playing, and this is the thing I've really felt, and this is something that I thought about, the more I think about it, the more it made sense to me. If you were going to not play, and you wanted to focus on things that matter, you did not want to be a distraction, then you needed to sit out till at least election day. And as again, that's just the way it was, but you can't do that because the opt-out, and Woj reported this, I want to say, like last week, the opt-out for the CBA was going to be in September. So if they opted out, if they decided not to play and opt out, you're talking about renegotiating in the pandemic to where salaries are going to be dramatically less. Mm-hmm to where you're going to have to de- eat. Again, the players are going to eat a billion dollars of loss. Yeah. And the BRI split, which is currently, I believe, at 51-49 uh, players, that BRI split was going to be 60-40 owners. And that it was going to be ugly. It was going to be long. It was going to be contentious. I, I truly believe that. And I, I wish people understood that there's a lot more nuance in terms of the financials and a lot of this a lot of the anger probably had to do with the fact that the financials would have been completely of uh, the financial landscape for an nba player would have been completely different had they just boycotted or had they gone on strike or wildcat strike or whatever, whichever term you want to use <laughs> right had they done that the financials and the game of basketball would not have come back for a very long time quite honestly so that's why i'm fascinated by the relationship between the higher ups all the way to the owners of these franchises and the players because what the nba has had going for it compared to the mlb and the nfl is that the commissioner and the owners have had a lot better relationship than those other leagues in the nba but the bottom line is the nba is still the system the, the, the nba is still a governing body that stands to make money off of what you provide them with your basketball talent and it's been a great play. Silver, he's done an excellent job as commissioner. You know, we can talk about some of those other things at a different time that have happened with the NBA, but for the most part, and certainly compared to the other commissioners of major professional leagues, he is the best, and he's done a phenomenal job. But he's when, got bosses. When you, That's the problem. Yep, he's got bosses, and when you, when you start playing with players' money, then they're going to deservedly fight as much as they possibly can. And it's very easy for that positive relationship to go out the window. Yeah. And so now when you have a league full of black players where their money is going to be affected, and you know what? 
their <laughs> their fight for social justice could be affected if you continue mm-hmm. to limit what's going on. Well, I mean, the relationship could go completely out the window where this thing sours extremely quickly. Exactly. Well, in the NBA, and look, I'm not here to just bang on the NBA because that's not what I want to do, right? I think there have been things that they've done where, okay, cool, Black Lives Matter is on the court. That's that's pretty cool. Having the messages on the back of their jerseys, okay, cool, you're, you're trying to do something. But at the end of the day, the messages on the back are censored. Yep. And... Black Lives Matter, I think we all kind of become numb to just the letters on the court because we're not paying attention to it. And at the end of the day, that's what you're wanting to drive home, paying attention to the issues that matter most in this country. And when we're seeing Jamal Murray go crazy against Donovan Mitchell, we're not paying attention to that Black Lives Matter lettering on the court anymore. No, we're not. And this is where I like the messaging, and this is where I completely agreed with the players, why I completely understand why they said, hold up, we're going to stop this because if you have a league that it's 30 owners are collectively worth almost, I want to say a hundred billion, oh, if not more. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you got damn Steve Ballmer in the game. Again, you got Steve Ballmer. <laughs> like the, the thing is, and this is the uncomfortable conversation that we always have to have is that money is the greatest political lubricant ever. If you have money, people, again, government officials are willing to do whatever. They're almost like strippers sometimes. But it's... It, it's <laughs> nice throw in. It, it is. It is. It is. Again, I know certain people enjoy listening to that one. Um, but what I would say, uh, quite, quite honestly, on this is at some point, they started realizing, okay, the black players and the NBA at whole is like, okay, we're all in. You guys are just in financially and you're only in it to make money. You have to feel our pain too. So what's going to happen is, what's already happened is we've gotten statements from the owners, mm-hmm. and the owners come out and say, we didn't know this was going to happen. Um, certainly from the Bucks owners, we didn't know this was going to happen. But, but we support we, But we support the players, and that's all well and good, and it's what you're supposed to say. You know, the Knicks are going to continue to mess up their statements oh, and just boy. be uh, a complete joke. I, they, it's unreal how much of a joke they are. Every single thing that needs to happen when the NBA players have to, or the NBA teams have to come forward with something. Hornets fans, it could be worst. worse. Yeah, there you go. It could be worse. Yeah, it, it, just an awful statement. But whatever, all of these owners are coming out with the statements that are good right now. You know, we, we can take our magnifying glass and measure every yeah. single word if you want to, whatever. They're all in some sort of fashion that we support the players. But what would have happened had the playoffs been canceled? What would have happened had they continued to go further and leave the bubble? That's the relationship that I would have been interested in seeing because you can there say- There wouldn't have been a relationship. Right, right. The owners have been like, all right, now I'm a little angry. Yeah. And now, now I'm angry. You start playing with my money, even with me being a billionaire, and then boom, we would have had something set it off. It's a br- no, it's a, it's a big worm situation. Playing with the money yeah. is like playing with the emotions. And I completely <laughs> <Yeah>. understand <laughs> why their emotions would have totally been played with. Like I said, I, again, this is such a deep- topic to the point where I think it requires a lot more nuance and it probably requires two shows. We, we Again, y'all ain't getting two shows. This is the last one we're doing on this. I swear to you, it's the last one we're doing. On nah, well, that means it's the last segment on all of this coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you fallen out of love with uh, Lonnie Walker yet, or are you still in love with him? I think there's still a chance. Yeah, I think I there's know, still a too. chance. Yeah. I think he's uh, <laughs> playing pretty well right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
talked a lot about what could have happened had the players decided to end the playoffs, but they didn't. The no. players eventually decided that they were going to resume the playoffs, and it's been reported again. Really, just we're talking about half or half an hour ago or so, um, as of the time of this recording. And so, Nada, when that news came in from a couple of those credible sources that we're talking about, and multiple of the sources, it does seem like we have a firm grasp on that. They are yeah. going to resume, and it seems like they're going to start resuming games on Friday. So, no games today as of Thursday. It seems like we're going to get these playoff games rolling back again Friday. How surprised were you to see that the NBA playoffs were going to resume based on the decision of the players? Quite honestly, I was stunned. I was stunned because I thought they would have at least waited till Monday. I do believe that they did have to come back if they wanted to save. And I think that that's what the players meeting was earlier today was about was to remind folks, hey, guys, our money's on the line. You better have a plan, because if you don't have a plan, then we can't go through with this. There were a lot. Again, also remember, and someone keeps pointing this out and I can't remember who a lot of these players families are there now. Mm hmm. So it's not like it's just, okay, we're going to go home. No, we're going to take the girlfriends and the kids, and we're all going home. And that's after being promised to hang out. Again, this is after being sequestered from your family for the last month and a half. So that's, there's a lot of sacrifice on this. So I was kind of stunned because I, I thought there would, again, this would go a little bit longer because I thought they would hammer home the point of you guys have to deal without us for a little bit. I thought Ben DeBose of Locked On Hornets brought up a good point that he did think... Locked On Hornets? Uh, or Locked On Rockets. Excuse me. Yep, we are uh, adding a new co-host to the show. Clearly. No, Ben DeBose of Locked On Rockets, I should say. Excuse me. I thought he made a good point when he said all of this is going to get figured out pretty fast because let's you can't just sit in this indecision for a long time because one, you're going to be isolated from a large part of your family and if you're not playing basketball then why the hell are you there? And so they did come to a quick decision. They are mm -hmm. going to resume. And like I said, they are going to start playing Friday. Another thing that was altered at NADA because people are reading the room, engaging what's appropriate and what's not to talk about right now. Well, we were supposed to talk about some Hornets things today. Yeah, we were going to have jerseys to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I was looking forward to this because it would be happy stuff that we get to talk about and we get to be angry about. And a whole bunch of y'all would have <laughs> been like, they brought the pinstripes back, but they got like they got the small little wrong this small little centimeter they put the of fabric CHA on it instead exactly. of the clt why don't they have right we could have exactly. had all of that fodder and that would have been a lot that would have been great that would have been a great show but appropriately so they didn't they didn't the and, and when we start talking about reading the room i know it's not fair but i kind of wish the carolina panthers who had their fan fest last night instead of leaving it up to the players would have just canceled FanFest and had it today. 24 so, hours would not have made that much of a difference. We talked about this on the wake-up call. Let me ask you this, because my take on that was the players decided to do it, then do it. If they didn't, then you need to accommodate as Matt Rule and as David Tepper and say, yep, you're right, we need to just stop and we're going to hold off on any FanFest or any practice that we might have had scheduled today. As white people... As authority figures within that organization, should David Tepper and Matt Rule have just come in and said, hey, it, we're just not going to hold anything today, and we're going to take a day to rest, and then we'll come back tomorrow? Or would that have been problematic if the players wanted to come and say, no, we, we have an overwhelming desire to play? Like, like, what is the thing to do? I don't think you leave it in the hands of the players. As an organization, you say, we're going to respect this moment. 
This is a massive historic moment and we can run our practice that's going to be all virtual. We can run it another day. And you know why? Because we're the NFL. You guys are the biggest guys on the block. And you said, we're going to respect this moment. We're going to help further legitimize this moment in an area that, mind you, has had Jonathan Farrell and Keith Lamont Scott. And mind also has the police up video from the kettling incident the threat. that just came out. We needed to sit in all of that. We did not need the Panthers on that day. So I think it's further evidence that the Charlotte Hornets have been handling yeah. a lot of these issues appropriately so, where you do have the unveiling of the jerseys. I was supposed to be on a call with a lot of other local media on the unveiling at 1030, and we could have talked about it at 1230 today when they yep. were going to unveil it to the public, and it would have been awesome. But they decided, hey, nah, we're not doing this. No, and basically, exactly. And all they said, and I thought they acted pretty quickly too. Like yeah. They came out with a pretty quick email and said, hey, and because of the current events, this is we're not, not going to do it. Yeah, and and I think I mean it's it's appropriate, and really everything from the Hornets has been appropriate. We've already had this discussion with the John Fokey things that have happened yeah. in the last couple of weeks, and that's why that's why you're a little bit more fatigued to talk about all of it because that stuff was hard. Yeah, like this, and we had to talk about it more so than anybody else in the league because it affected the Charlotte Hornets. Exactly. Like at this point, when we start discussing these, and this is why I keep saying. This is the last time we're talking about it this year because we, and, and Walker, you laugh. No, I'm, not, I'm laughing because I want people to see, like, you're not playing. <laughs> like, you're not playing games anymore. I am not, we're not talking about this anymore. We are just good because what we're going to do, and I'm dead serious, and this time, again, this is consider this your invite to the cookout. Walker. Oh, wow. I'm getting, consider wait. this. Oh, my God. Consider this. this is monumental. You're right. We are calling out black. And I and notice I You're said we, I'm calling out black. We are calling out black and we're just going to refer this episode. <laughs> we're just going to refer to this episode and say, nope, we're not coming in today. We have an other ep- We have an episode. We will re-upload it. You can listen to what we thought about. This is how we thought it. Think about it at the time. This is how we probably think about it now, too. I just got knighted by you after having your welcome. Revoked. Enjoy <laughs> it. Let's go home and enjoy beer. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks again to rockauto.com for supporting the show. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA. Really, any show on the Locked on Podcast Network. Everybody is attacking this content from a bunch of different angles again really any show on the locked on podcast network have a great day we're going to be back tomorrow and as not said we're not going to talk about this anymore we'll talk about some fun stuff thanks again for joining us on lockdown hornets mm-hmm.